0: I'm Greg Casparo, and this is the Spread HD Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is episode three of the Spread HD podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be taking a different turn than we have the last couple episodes where we were going through some NFL divisions. This will be college football kickoff part one, featuring guest host Andrew Peterson, who lives outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to uh, ask you a couple icebreaker questions before we get started with the college football preview. Uh are you uh ready to answer some questions yes i am all right uh so andrew first question
1: is how do we know each other um so i met you at prospect mill elementary school in uh first grade um and we've basically known each other ever since went to high school together um Uh, you went away for college but still kept in touch um so i guess i've known you for like 20 20 years (laughs) now which is crazy Um, i know
0: i know yes (laughs) um so who are your favorite nfl and college football teams
1: so nfl uh definitely the ravens since i grew up in maryland um for college um usually root for University of Maryland. Um, I went to college at Westchester University, so um, they're Division II. Uh, <laughs> not a ton to root for there, but um, they have a decent college football team. So Maryland for Division I um, and Westchester for Division Two.
0: All right. No, that's the first uh, Division Two allegiance that we've had on the podcast so far. Oh, I also...
1: Um- I had an uh, alliance of American football allegiance as well. <laughs> I was a big who was, who was that? I was team? a big Atlanta Legends fan. Um, oh, yeah, uh, but but we all know how that <laughs> turned out. Um, Down in flames. Yeah. So basically, uh, at work when uh, the teams came out, we tried to figure out like what the closest geographical pr- proximity to us was and um okay the atlanta legends were the closest so
0: yeah i was i was gonna say so i was a san diego fleet (laughs) i think that was the because my brother my brother's in the navy so i was like oh like there's a huge you know naval station out in san diego um it only and you know i thought their colors were also steelers colors they were they were black and gold so uh maybe with a little bit of blue but uh, that was yeah San Diego Fleet. That was their name. Okay, I, w- I was a fan of them. I think they. I think by the time the league ended, they were like four and four.
1: Okay, yeah. The, I, I think I think they got in eight eight games. I think was yeah. The legends were uh, were pretty bad. <laughs> they were supposed to was have uh, Michael Vick as like their offensive coordinator, but he uh, he decided he didn't <laughs> want to do it. So
0: <laughs> okay, um, if I recall too. I'm trying to remember what was the, what was the team that was just like dominating was that that Orlando? i think it was team? orlando yeah they and wasn't steve spurrier their head coach i believe so yeah okay yeah they yeah that <laughs> team was i think they like self-declared themselves the champions yeah yeah um because they were like seven and one i'm look i'm look i'm looking them up on wikipedia right now to see how <laughs> my, i think they got in eight games and then obviously that league that league folded yeah uh, i I will admit I only watched I mean, Alliance of America football the first two weeks, which is i think when ninety <laughs> percent of all of their fan base watched yeah watched them um so wow we uh, it's amazing yeah. we talked more about Alliance America football than we did our uh and I don't, I don't, Steelers ravens yeah.
1: rivalry growing up and I don't know <laughs> if you saw, but the uh xFL just announced their teams i did yeah. i did
0: i th- i think and I think kind of like well with the alliance of american football i felt like most of those teams were based in the south yeah yeah um whereas i think xfl they're they're kind most, of around they're like based in a lot of big cities yeah. um if i are they starting starting in 2020 like after the nfl so, draft yep. i think
1: i'm looking i'm looking it's that like end right of now. february so
0: do you have a do you have a favorite xfl oh, team oh yeah just the to- uh,
1: dc defenders
0: Oh, okay. That and you know that'll probably end up being that'll probably end up being my favorite team too. Just based on I think there's a New York team. Um, Yep, yep. I got all the teams. So the West, uh, we'll go through. The East (laughs) is the DC Defend, the DC Defenders, the New York Guardians, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Tampa Bay Vipers. And then the West is the Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, Los Angeles Wildcats, and Seattle Dragons. So like, you know, four of those teams are based in like you know major US the four like largest cities yeah or four out of five largest cities in the u.s yeah well um, we'll have
1: to get uh some xfl episodes oh, once yeah. I gets going. <laughs> I, I, I would go
0: I, you know i would go to a dc defender's yeah. game depending on you know it looks like they are going to be playing at audi field yeah, which is like DC, which is where the united, united play yep. is there did they get rid of rfk stadium or is I that i believe
1: i don't know if they tore it down but But they don't play there anymore. No, they don't. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's good. Okay. Excellent. Um, So next question. Uh, It was with our our first guest host. Um, Who are you most looking forward to drafting in your fantasy football league? And I know you already had a draft and you have some other ones coming up. So you can kind of tell me maybe who was your favorite player you drafted and who maybe you're looking forward to for the other teams.
1: Okay. So the first league I'm in, um, so all three leagues are a little different. The first league I am in that I already drafted for, um, that is, uh, that's, that's kind of the most standard league. Um, so I actually got the first overall pick this year. Um, okay. so I ended up going with, uh, Saquon Barkley, which okay. I okay. feel is kind of like a consensus pick, uh, for first yeah. overall. I'm a little nervous, uh because the Giants don't have a lot outside of Saquon. <laughs> but uh, I think he can uh, kind of take over a game on his own. So Okay. Um, okay. So the next league I'm in, uh, I actually have a draft for this Saturday. Um, it's an auction draft. Um, so we each have like $200 and we bid on players. Um, but the okay. difference with this league is that you can take keepers every year and you can keep players for a maximum of three years in a row. Oh, wow. So it, it makes it very different uh, tactically for for what you end up doing. Um, and so in that one, I don't know who I'm going to be targeting because I have to see who the other people are keeping. Um, and then the last league is the most interesting. It's actually a reverse fantasy football league. Um, okay. So you get more points based on the worse the players perform. <laughs> so they have to play. Interesting. So they have to play. Um, but so, like, you get points for like incomplete passes, for example. Um, but like the more passing yards they get, that starts giving you like negative points um oh wow <laughs> uh and like defenses you get more points the more points that they give up um so like uh nathan peterman was an all-star last year for them. <laughs> oh i bet didn't he like five interceptions <laughs> yeah. in the first half yep
0: oh my gosh that was when they were playing like the chargers or something
1: uh yeah i think so <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, that should cool. be interesting. This, this is my first year playing in that.
0: so um, Okay. Uh, um, have you ever heard – I remember hearing about this from Matthew Barry on ESPN. Have you ever heard of Vampire Leagues?
1: I haven't, no. What is, what is that?
0: So a Vampire League is here's, – here's the idea. It says, new league idea, vampire. Normal startup draft except one team does not get to pick at all. They just have to make a lineup from waivers. That team is designated the Vampire. Every time the Vampire team wins a weekly matchup, they have to swap one of their starting lineup players with one of their opponents at the same position. So they'll start out weak, but with each win get a bit stronger. If they manage to beat a good team, they'll grow much more powerful. Okay. And then it says at the end, (laughs) so when facing the Vampire, you need to make a choice. Do I play at full strength and risk losing a good player or try to beat a bad vampire team without risking your stars? Okay. Needless to say, if the vampire wins the league, it's over. The reign of dark power is complete, <laughs> yeah, which I don't think I would engage in a league like that, but it is certainly interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. And then last uh, question we have for you. What is your
1: favorite football memory? Um so interestingly enough it's not the Super Bowl game that the Ravens won. Um okay. it's actually I believe it was the AFC Championship game versus Denver. Um watching that and that was where Joe Flacco had the huge pass at the end of the game. Uh I uh, believe was that when
0: they was was that when they went on the road and beat Peyton Manning?
1: Uh I can't it went into yeah, overt- so. it like
0: double overtime yeah okay yeah but yep.
1: um he had like a giant pass to uh jacoby jones right at the end of yep. the game yep. so um
0: so that moment where they came back to tie yeah it and yeah then win the game yeah. was your favorite
1: football memory i think so yeah yeah i was watching okay. it with like a lot of family and it was it was nuts so
0: oh i bet su- the
1: I super bet. bowl was fun too um although a little uh, stressful when the lights went out <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that was that was quite a playoff run and and looking back you guys i think opening round you guys um faced the colts and then then i think was denver and then was new england or, or maybe reverse order there um and then you faced the 49ers so a lot of a lot of good teams there a lot of good quarterbacks um some of those quarterbacks are no longer in the league now that andrew luck retired Um, but, uh, yeah, so, all right, with that, we'll get started into the podcast. So the format of today's show is going to be a little bit different than some past shows. Um, in the past, we've looked at specific divisions, uh, within the NFL, gone through the teams, how they performed last season, what we're expecting this year, given their, um, change of personnel and whatnot. Uh, today's podcast, we're actually going to cover five storylines, which I've asked Andrew to, Uh, do a little research on before the show uh, and we're just going to kind of have a little back and forth on these storylines and and then at the end we'll dive into our predictions for each of the major power five conferences and uh and the show with the two-minute drill where andrew gives us his college football playoff prediction so uh with that andrew we can get started on your storyline number one what what do you have for us today
1: okay uh so for the first storyline i know this is one you're looking forward to greg uh georgia huh. tech abandoning the uh triple option this year
0: oh boy I, this <laughs> is devastating news yes. i know to you yeah um, Andrew, and, for those who don't know andrew is for, I, and i don't know why but he has this affinity for teams that run the triple options so like the service academies <laughs> uh, as well as georgia tech who's past head coach was paul johnson who used to be the head coach at navy i i looked up now their head coach is jeff collins mm-hmm. i used to be at temple I, okay and i'm guessing he uh does not have experience with the triple <laughs> no. options since they are abandoning yeah so uh what are you expecting out of georgia tech then this year now that they're gonna be um, changing changing things up
1: not a lot to be honest uh okay <laughs> mainly because uh They recruited for the triple option. Um, And so basically, uh, the new coach is only able to bring in freshmen that fit the scheme or transfers if they want to come to Georgia Tech. So I was reading, and apparently they had no tight ends last year, for example, um, like on the Uh roster at all. (laughs) Um, Because I guess uh, it doesn't work out in the triple option. Um, And I think the linemen... They need like uh, beefier linemen because usually with the triple option they get like more agile offensive linemen to like get out wide. Um, but yeah, I think it should be fun to watch. Uh, to just see uh, see how they adapt. They open versus uh, Clemson, so it's an easy game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they're they're going to be heavily favored going into that, or at least Georgia Techs would be heavily favored yeah, going yeah. into that matchup. Um, I'm actually going to look up the spread
1: to see, uh, who's. but um, is it is it uh, at Georgia Tech? Uh, I'm not sure, um,
0: but it is uh, Georgia Tech at Clemson. So uh, good luck, yeah. Georgia Tech.
1: I think New I think my affinity for the triple option started with the uh, NCAA football games uh oh yeah always liked uh running the laterals and everything so
0: yeah except (laughs) when uh you'd lateral and it hit off the back of some guy's helmet and then it would be an instant fumble yeah yeah i remember we would i think we each had that game on our on our respective uh video game platforms so we like knew all the plays and everything um who was so your teams of choice usually were teams that ran the triple option I, i take it
1: well, no. You could just you could just get a normal team oh, and then like change their offensive right. scheme to the <laughs> triple. That's right. I forgot
0: about that. Um, awesome. So, uh, all right. That's storyline number one. Uh, what is storyline number two that you have for us today?
1: Um, so, I was just reading the other day that uh, ESPN brought on Pat McAfee as an announcer for the Thursday night football games, uh, which should be. Very interesting. Um, did you watch when he commentated the, I think it was like the Packers and Lions last year? I,
0: I don't, I didn't actually watch like that specific game, but I do know that there were people talking about that game. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so he was getting like very hyped up over, I think it was, I think it was like Matt Prater. Um, okay. S- uh, threw a touchdown in that game. And he's got a big thing for, like, uh, um, since he was a kicker, he has a big thing for, like, the special teams players. But uh, he's definitely one of the more uh, unique personalities. <laughs> um, oh,
0: yeah, totally.
1: I'm kind of surprised to see uh, ESPN bringing him on because they're generally uh, a little more conservative uh, just because right, they're, like, right. a, they're a major they're, network. Yeah, they're affiliated with Disney. Um,
0: <laughs> right, right. But, uh, and I, um, and I remember—I don't remember how long ago it was—but there was some, either it was either late in the night, like into the morning, like ESPN tried to do some like joint episode with Barstool, and I think it like went very poorly. For yeah, them, I can imagine. And they actually had to like cut ties with Barstool. I can imagine. And. Yeah. <laughs> and I think somebody maybe made a comment about somebody who's an employee at ESPN. And then they were oh, like, yeah, you yeah. know, ESPN's like, we do not tolerate this. Yeah. Probably something, you know, somebody said something inappropriate. I, I mean, it's Barstool. ESPN. I think, yeah, uh, they they run very different. We're not going to get into the details, yeah. but they run yeah. very different style. They have yeah. very different styles of journalism, yeah. I think, is is the broadest way to but put yeah, it. Um, um, so he's commenting Thursday night. football. I'm assuming that's a co- like Thursday night, yeah, like college, college game. College football okay. ESPN. Okay. Um, so I looked up. It looks like he's commentating with Matt Hasselbeck, Adam Amin, and Molly McGrath. Okay. Um, but um,
1: so apparently he was doing a WWE before this.
0: <laughs> oh okay.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'm interested to interesting uh, to see what it what it looks like.
0: Do you know who Pat McAfee said is the scariest man that he ever encountered in when he played in the NFL was? I don't know. Oh, he he basically said like there was some game where the Colts were playing the Steelers, and he said the scariest person was Troy Polamalu because he was just like (laughs) I don't. He was basically just like I "I don't want to get hit by that dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It might have been like there was a year where the Steelers upset the Colts in the playoffs, and it might have been that game in particular, but um yeah, he was just like Troy Palma. mall, even though like Troy Palma is like a nice guy. It's yeah. like that guy is just, I mean, he could play, he could play the position. I'm sure, you know, other, I'm sure Ray Lewis and Ed Reed yeah, probably yeah. scared him too. <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah, that was, yeah, that was the guy he said. He put some hit. big hits on people, uh, like on punt returns. Yeah. If you like Google, oh, yeah. if you like Google <laughs> or, uh, YouTube, uh, that you'll see, uh, he put some big hits on people. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, So what is uh,
1: storyline number three? Um, So for number three, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Um, So I was reading up on him some. So last year he averaged uh, 7.2 yards per carry, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Wow. uh, And apparently he is, he's, He's 2,200 yards away from breaking the rushing record. Um, okay. Now, there's a bit of an asterisk with that. Um, so apparently, th- for some reason, the NCAA, I think in 2002, decided to, uh, stop counting yard or start counting yardage from bowl games into like the records. Um, Oh, okay.
0: Like all records, not just not just a yardage, but like any record.
1: Yeah, so like for career rushing yards after two thousand two they started including bowl games. But the stupid thing is they didn't go back and like change people's before that's record. Um so like the people before that, um there's I think it was Ron Dane would have Yep, yep. He um if you like included the yardage from the bowls like he would be so far away from anyone else that
0: i just looked it up yeah ronde and it says if you include his Bulls, yeah would have 7125 yeah. rushing yards
1: but for some reason the ncaa uh didn't go back and uh and fix that. fix that <laughs> i don't know
0: So the current rushing leader is Donnell Pumphrey from San Diego State, which he was recently, he was a recent drafted player, not this year, but maybe last year. His, his, so his rushing is 6,405 yards. So basically Ron (laughs) Dane ran 7,000 or 720 more yards than Donald Pumphrey.
1: If you include the bowl games. Wow. That's, um, that's pretty crazy. But Yeah. That's why I said there's a bit of an asterisk on it. Um, but he could pass, uh, pump free this year if he gets i think it's 2200 yards so oh wow i think he got it 2100 last year so
0: okay yeah i it also i am reading also it says that he is one out of five players to post two 1900 plus yard seasons mm-hmm. so like ron dane is one of the five as well as d'angelo williams which he w- played at memphis yep uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, who played at TCU, and yep. Troy Davis, who played at Iowa State. And then both Rondane and Jonathan Taylor are the others, and they were Wisconsin running backs. So,
1: yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to watching him this year. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of Wisconsin last year, but, um, yeah, they kind of fell
0: out when they, they lost that early game to BYU. I think a lot yeah. of people kind of wrote, you know wrote them off, and they didn't have the best, they finished, I think, seven and five, or, yeah. I don't remember their their record, but they didn't even play in the um, Big Ten championship. So yeah, but I, they they were pretty much a mainstay in that game for a couple years.
1: Yeah, but um, I think probably like in terms of positions, I enjoy watching in football. I'd say I r- watching like a really good running back is probably my favorite position ever. Like quarterback or wide receiver or anything like that. Um, in college, oh definitely. Yeah. Well, I feel like in college also they come up against like defenses that aren't as good so they can put like crazy jukes on people um oh
0: yeah like if yeah. you think back to like you got a senior playing against a freshman yeah if you think it, back it can, to like reggie
1: bush when he was playing <laughs> oh yeah and uh spin move yeah it just shows like you vi- like it's how, like watching a video game yeah it just shows you like how much better they are than like the average or even above average players
0: um, right right yeah um all right So we got two more storylines before we get into the uh, predictions. Uh, What is storyline number four for
1: us? So for the fourth one, um, apparently the SEC this year has decided to uh, make a Twitter account that is going to, uh, I guess it's for their officiating and it's going to Post updates during the games, like analyzing the calls that the referees make on the field, um, which I think will probably go very badly. <laughs> um,
0: I don't see how that's a good idea. Yeah,
1: like, I think they're trying to follow like the NBA model where they um, they go back after or they like analyze calls at the last two minutes of the game. But um, yeah, I feel like you just end up inviting more scrutiny that way
0: so so who is so is like there a main like s e c office that's going to be running the account basically
1: I think so, yeah, so it's funny their first tweet they uh put out um basically just said this account will serve as your source for rules, videos, statistics, and activities inside the s e c video center, so I guess it's the center where they like review calls and everything
0: uh, um so are they so what if they say something and then the call on the field is entirely
1: different? Yeah, like, I don't know. (laughs) That's what I'm interested to see. Although I guess
0: so, but the referee would only go to the video center if there's like a, a review. So then the video center is going to tell them what the actual call is. Can
1: they, uh, Um, can they review penalties now in college?
0: You know, I don't, I think that's just an NFL thing. I don't, I think the only scenario where that is the case is targeting, um, which i think that's always been the case that you could review targeting but i think what was weird about targeting was so for those who don't know targeting is when a a player this started maybe three or four years ago when a player uses his helmet and and makes contact with another player's helmet and the referee will call targeting it's a 15-yard penalty and then there's a review to see if there was like malicious intent or there was intent by the player to actually commit the penalty. Um, and if they do deem that that was the case versus it being just like a bang bang or a, uh, you know, accidental helmet to helmet, um, the referees will come back. If they deem that it is targeting, the player is ejected. There's no like warning or anything like that. And then if they deem that it is not targeting, um, the players allowed to stay but what i what i think is so interesting is i think that the 15 yard penalty still stands which i don't really understand that i think it maybe is just because there was a helmet helmet contact so that's why there's a penalty but um i'd have to look at targeting in particular though you know what i'm saying might be what it was originally and then they've since changed it but um i don't it's not like the nfl where i don't think you can like challenge a pass interference or um, or, which is a, a new think, thing yes, for this season. Yep.
1: So it's funny. The first reply to their tweet is from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and it says, "Keep our arrangement under wraps, please." <laughs> <laughs> the reference to their um, uh, commercials. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> I got you. In
1: <laughs> say I wonder. Um, End the game. <laughs> speaking
0: of speaking of SEC, while we're on this topic, okay. really quick, I saw that. I remember coming into class, this, we were seniors in high school mm-hmm. and I said to you, this was like after, so this, when we were seniors in high school, that was the year that Auburn won the national championship against Oregon, which ironically, those two teams are playing this upcoming weekend. It's um, kind of a kickoff at, at uh, Dallas Cowboy, at uh, Cowboy Stadium. Um, I guess AT&T Stadium is the official name in Dallas. Uh, and I said to you something like, if you can't beat them, poison their trees. <laughs> in reference to yeah. the guy heart i think his name is harvey updike who
1: i think who i just was read a, a story about him he, recently there's a
0: there was a story about him recently because supposedly he's he's out of prison but he has to pay make settlement payments in order for yeah, yeah. the university to like <laughs> replant another tree and supposedly he's like very behind on
1: his payments <laughs> yes yes
0: But I think, like, the amount of money is, like, so much. It's, like, you wouldn't... How could somebody, like... Unless you're a a millionaire or whatever, like, you... uh, Any normal person wouldn't be able to, like, make these payments. But because he, like, destroyed a historic landmark, like, he has to he has to pay up. So yeah. I, I saw him in, in the news recently, but I'm thinking maybe Harvey <laughs> Updike will make a, make a make a comment on the Twitter for yeah. the SEC officiating, especially if he doesn't like somebody w- wearing a scam Newton Jersey, I think was what he <laughs> referenced after the game. Um, man, what, what a story. Um, so then lastly, we got storyline number five. I think this one involves another player. If you want to enlighten the crowd.
1: Uh, so I was actually going to go with the uh, Kansas one.
0: Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. Hit, hit. We can we can do a sixth one. We got plenty okay. of time. So.
1: Um, so so let's go with Kansas. Okay. So uh, Les Miles is at Kansas this year after uh, many years in a national championship at LSU. Um,
0: Which I would have to say I can't think of two polar oppos- two more polar opposites when it comes to. Successful head coach and unsuccessful program. <laughs> yeah. in t- I mean, I specifically remember when, like, Kansas was. I don't know if they were not favored, but like, it was not a shock if they lost to like a FCS yeah, or like you know Division One AA program. Yeah. Like they were they were that's basically like, an FCS team yeah, playing in the Big Twelve.
1: That's like Kansas and Kentucky, they're usually like even basketball. Right, and, right. Although Kentucky has been a little better. Uh, yeah, the they did. Years. They beat Penn State in
0: their bowl game. Yep. So I, I, I saw with my own eyes they were had a pretty good team last yeah. year.
1: Um, um, go ahead. But, yeah, so apparently there's a, a bit of a quarterback controversy, and Les Miles uh, still isn't going to name a starting quarterback. Um, so they've got two guys. One, uh, his name is Thomas McVitie, and the other is Carter Stanley. So, okay. so Thomas McVitie uh, went to Pitt. Um, He got beat out by Kenny Pickett, uh, who is still their current starting quarterback. Um, Okay. uh, So I actually watched a lot of Pitt football last year because all of my roommates went to Pitt. Um, Kenny Pickett did not look very good last year, but um, hopefully that improves this year. Anyways, um, so Thomas McVitie transferred to a junior college... I think in like Arizona and played there for a year and uh then he transferred to Kansas this year.
0: Um Okay. So you're saying if you couldn't beat uh what's the guy Kenny Pickett? named? If you couldn't beat Kenny Pickett, then <laughs> Yeah, I don't this the Kansas may be in for a, a tough ride this year. Although
1: do you know who else was at Pitt and didn't start and transferred?
0: It, it was another quarterback. Yeah, oh, oh, it, it, uh, it was Joe Flacco. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He transferred <laughs> to Delaware. I remember that. I forget who the we're, starting quarterback I, he was. He couldn't. He couldn't beat Tyler Palko.
1: Okay, there you go. So maybe which uh...
0: I remember Tyler Palko <laughs> because there was a a Sunday night football game back when we were in high school, and Tyler Palko at the time was the backup for the Steelers because <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger was injured, and. They the backup at the time for the Steelers was a former Oregon quarterback named Dennis Dixon. Okay, And the Steelers I think only maybe had carried two quarterbacks on their roster or maybe like Charlie Batch was also hurt or something. So they just like signed Tyler Palco like that week to like serve as the backup. So it would have been really interesting if Joe Flacco got to face off against his old you know, the guy he couldn't beat out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was like the two thousand nine season, so it was like yeah. after the Steelers Super Bowl and um I'm I I, I f- I don't I think the Ravens made the playoffs that year, but I think maybe Cincinnati won the division or something. So yeah. um yeah. yeah Usually so after after the Steelers win a Super Bowl they tend not to perform yeah. very well. So
1: yeah, so Thomas McVitie might be the uh new Joe Flacco. You never know.
0: Well, we'll find out. <laughs> I I i can only imagine uh that les miles probably has him geared up for like a fake field goal play or or something apparently
1: there's also some talk that they might uh play like both quarterbacks during the game which is something i absolutely hate when teams do like at the same exact time well not at the same time but like they rotate Uh, them out like one plays a few drives and then another plays a few drives
0: um, yeah, the, the last team I remember doing that, that did it somewhat successfully was Ohio state back when they won yeah, the national yeah. championship. And then they had Braxton Miller. Um, uh, what was, who, who was their quarterback that started for like four years in a row? Uh,
1: um, Terrell Pryor was
0: no, no, he, he, um, JT Barrett, JT okay, Barrett. Yeah. And then there was the guy who won the national championship game for them. And fam- he like famously tweeted something like, I didn't come here to play oh, school or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and then he <laughs> led them to a title. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was his name? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up really quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, you had those three guys. But they had um, Braxton Miller said, hey, I'm going to play wide receiver. So then it was JT Barrett and this other yep. guy. And basically um JT Barrett ultimately won oh Cardell Jones was his okay name. yeah Cardale Jones so Cardell Jones and, and JT Barrett like alternated like drives for a cup co- for a yeah. couple it, th- there was like an opening game I think they played against Virginia Tech where they like dominated Virginia Tech yeah. um but and they had a really good season but um you know they didn't make the playoff they lost a, f- a heartbreaker to Michigan State and that was Ezekiel Elliott's last season with Ohio State so yeah um but yeah, other, other than that, I, I, yeah, there's not a lot of teams that can do that successfully. But I feel like if you want to be an elite program nowadays, you have to have a backup that can come in and play because you never know what's going to happen to the starter as we've seen with Alabama and Clemson in the last couple of years. Um, so I, I, there was going to be, you were going to do a different uh, headline, but we'll, yeah. we'll let you do it. Uh, so we can just we'll talk quickly six. about it.
1: Um, yeah, go for it. But yeah, I'm interested to see how uh, Jalen Hurst does this year at Oklahoma. Um, right. Because uh, he was very successful at Alabama. Um,
0: Absolutely. But uh,
1: to uh, – I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name.
0: Ta- Tago Vailoa.
1: Okay. I got it. Um, <laughs> I've heard it enough times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, he just played better in the uh, – Took the opportunity he got, uh, so you have to wonder, like, if he hadn't have gotten that opportunity, Jalen Hurts potentially might still, still be, be starting. I don't know, but
0: um, yeah, I don't know either.
1: But uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see uh, how he does at Oklahoma, especially because the last two quarterbacks at Oklahoma have won Heisman's, so
0: not only won the Heisman, but they were also the number one yeah. <laughs> uh, NFL draft pick. Uh, I don't know that Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is going to be that, but. Uh, is he going to be hey you never know lincoln riley is (laughs) a i think by all stretch he's a quarterback whisperer when it comes to uh coaching um he's definitely uh he's definitely i think i mean there were there were multiple nfl teams that apparently were interested in lincoln riley this Mm -hmm. this past offseason uh hence my, why maybe you saw a team like Arizona go after cliff Kingsbury, which I would say if you compared cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley, I would, I would take Lincoln Riley, but, uh, you know, cliff Kingsbury interviewed and, and got the job. So, you know, I, I was, wasn't in that position. So kudos to, to cliff Kingsbury. But, um, yeah, I'll be curious to see how Jalen hurts performs, especially because the offense they run at Oklahoma is not similar. that similar to the offense that's run at Alabama, but, uh, We'll just have to wait and see, and I think Oklahoma's got a lot of good returning offensive players like uh, CD Lamb. So yep, it'll be a good year. All right, with that, we're gonna jump into the predictions that we have in store for the Power Five conferences. So uh, Andrew's gonna give us his conference championship uh, matchup for the Power Five conferences, as well as a sleeper team. Uh, from each of those, and we'll just kind of discuss that for a couple minutes before we uh, jump into our final predictions in the two-minute drill. Uh, so we'll start with the ACC, which <laughs> I guess is probably, is it still your favorite conference? I guess now that Maryland's in uh, the Big Ten.
1: I mean, I know I weird. know a lot about the ACC just from right. watching it growing up, but uh, yeah, I don't—I don't know that I have a favorite conference right now.
0: <laughs> okay that's all good but, so um, who's who do you got winning the uh acc atlantic or i guess i should probably know who you have winning the <laughs> ACC Atlantic.
1: i mean i feel like if it's not clemson that's uh that'd be kind of crazy
0: uh is there any team <laughs> in that division that could challenge clemson let's just let's so, just i mean uh that
1: Syracuse, I guess, is my sleeper pick for the conference. But, oh, okay. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Clemson, but uh, they did improve a lot last year. Um, okay. So, um, so yeah, I think it's going to end up being Clemson versus Virginia in the championship. Uh, okay. Obviously, Clemson winning that.
0: <laughs> okay. But, um, who, who, so why do you like Virginia, just out of curiosity?
1: Um, I think they've just... Uh, They've just got a good group of guys. Um, I think. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a hunch.
0: Okay. So okay, I I I know that their head coach is Bronco Mendenhall, which he used to be the BYU head coach once upon a time, and I don't know how many seasons he's had there. I think this might be his like third year with the uh, Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, yep, it's, this will be. He's been he's spent three years there. Uh, he's eight and seventeen with Virginia, and his ACC record overall is four and twelve. But that division is so wide open. Yeah, I mean you got Pitt. I mean Miami. Pitt, Pitt
1: won the Coastal last year, so
0: I know. And, <laughs> I mean, my, I know people here here in Pittsburgh who went to Pitt and are Pitt fans, yeah. and I mean even they were even they were surprised. <laughs> and, and I think Pitt's like final record was like seven and five. Well, seven and five if you. You know, just are going with the regular season. If you include the postseason, they finished seven and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of there were a lot of people that were like, "Oh my gosh, we're in the ACC championship!" And they didn't even like realize they were in the ACC championship, or like you know about to be in the ACC championship until um, you know maybe there were like three or four weeks left in the season. Because I think you know the reality set in that oh my gosh, we're six and one or. You know however they finished in the ACC. i think they finished in the acc six and two so whereas other teams finished four and four or whatnot so um yeah that was quite a year quite a year for pitt last year um but okay so university of virginia versus clemson you got clemson winning uh and you have syracuse as a sleeper so syracuse last year finished 10 and 3 they won the camping world bowl against west virginia uh, do you think they're going to? Like, I, th- I know they play Clemson in at Syracuse this this year in the up in the Carrier Dome, which where they did upset upset Clemson two years ago. Are you thinking Syracuse has a chance to upset Clemson, or, or do you think Clemson is going to steamroll them this time uh, around?
1: I think Clemson is going to steamroll.
0: Him. <laughs>
1: okay. So, okay.
0: Well, at least I, at least you got Clemson as your sleeper. I mean, I know. had to pick a team. Uh, right. and, yeah. and, res- and they finished in the top fifteen yeah. last year, so that that was that was a, a worthy pick. Yeah. Um, all right, so next we'll jump into the Big Ten. Okay, uh, this would be my favorite conference, given I'm a Penn State fan, but, yep. and you're a Maryland fan. But as you said, you <laughs> don't necessarily have a favorite conference. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, who who do you got winning the Big Ten East and West? Um, so for the East, um, I'm thinking Michigan's going to come out of the East um i've got to support the hardball brothers being a ravens fan (laughs) i guess i guess so i guess so (laughs) i would like to say uh maryland but uh they have no shot (laughs) Um, yeah
0: when i was talking to grant uh my brother uh he was like yeah maryland's gonna win like four games he was like they're gonna win like four games he's like their defense is bad yeah he's I get, and I didn't realize this but their head coach Mike Loxley I guess was previously a head coach for like New Mexico or New Mexico State or something and apparently he wasn't a very good head coach when he was there mm-hmm. um so he was he was basically saying that based on their uh you know his path it was New Mexico I just looked it up uh his record uh, just so you're aware his record with New Mexico was 3 and 31 so not a lot of success at the head coaching uh field although he did have pretty good uh success as the offensive coordinator at alabama so mm-hmm. um and we will we will see how maryland does there but um so you got michigan winning the east so you finally you think finally michigan's gonna break through and beat ohio state or do you think they'll lose to ohio state but still win the division
1: uh, i think they're gonna break through and beat ohio state okay um, they do play at home this year so
0: yeah and there's no more no more urban yep. meyer i know that's yeah, I'm a name that i'm interested to
1: see uh how that ends up
0: okay but and um and then out of the west who do you have
1: uh i'm gonna say wisconsin from the west um
0: okay a forgotten team i, I feel like yeah
1: yeah um okay uh probably they've got jonathan taylor like we talked about before he's very good um and I feel like there's not a ton of other powerhouses in the West. I feel like it's all kind of concentrated in the East. So,
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, like the ACC Coastal, the Big Ten West is just very wide open. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I could flip a coin and, I mean, just looking at it, and I, I mean, I'll do a predictions episode later, but just looking at it, my gut tells me it'll be Wisconsin just because they've been there before. But, you know, Nebraska's got year two with Scott Frost. Yeah. And um, Minnesota has year three with P.J. Fleck. I think he's a really good head coach, even though the results haven't shown yet at Minnesota. They did show when he was at Western Michigan. Um, So, I mean, Northwestern won the division last year. Then there's Iowa, which they're always in the mix with Kirk Ferentz as their head coach. Purdue had a really nice year last year, upsetting Ohio State. I don't know if they'll do the same, be the same this year, but and they've got a really, you know, a really big breakout star in Rondell Moore at wide receiver there. So, um, yeah, Big Ten West is wide open. I would say my gut would be Wisconsin, but who's your who's your sleeper team from the Big Ten?
1: Uh, <clears throat> so I'd say uh, probably Minnesota, um, okay. just because. Uh, they have one of the easiest schedules at any and they probably they probably play some FCS teams. <laughs> yeah. Um but they have they have a lot of uh a lot of people coming back. Um okay. a lot of like upperclassmen, so I feel like e- okay. experience okay. is always good. Um and like we said, that uh, the uh West is kinda up in the air, so
0: right and who and so between michigan and wisconsin in your big 10 championship who do you have winning the conference
1: uh i'd say michigan uh just because okay i mean they will have played all the other very good teams in the big 10 east Um, i
0: gotcha okay
1: so yeah i think whatever team comes out of the big 10 east is going to win it um whether that's michigan or ohio state or
0: okay okay gotcha as has been for the, probably the yeah. last four, maybe even five years, I, I, they've the Big Ten championship has been a fairly new concept since I've been a college football fan. Like most of my life, it was whoever had the best record and they you know for the most part did a round robin cuz there were only 11 teams but now there's 14 and it used to be i remember when they first like had divisions when they add after they added nebraska the names of the divisions were the leaders and legends divisions okay and then then they added wreckers and maryland and then they changed it to west and east cuz the leaders and legends were not like geographical by any stretch like the i think penn state was in the leaders and they had ohio state and wisconsin but like michigan and michigan state were in the legends and i feel like they did it on purpose because they were like oh well let's have you know their dream scenario was that ohio state and michigan would play each other the last game of the regular season and then play each other again in the big 10 conference championship game Mm -hmm. um but they you know have since gone geographical like most other conferences although I would say maybe not every conference is geographical because the fact that West Virginia is in the Big 12 still kind of makes my head scratch. Um, But anyway, um, now it's East and West, and I'm pretty sure ever since they broke it to East and West, I'm pretty sure the East has won it every year because Ohio State won it in 2014, Michigan State won it in 2015, Penn State won it in 2016, and then Ohio State's won it the last two seasons. So yeah, the East is one every, every year. But I mean, if you look at the teams there, they're consistently in the top 15, 20 teams when it comes to recruiting and stuff. So not all that surprising. Um, all right. So we'll jump now into the big 12. The big 12 has 10 teams. Again, another one that makes me scratch my head. (laughs) Um, and and the big 10 is 14. So it is what it is. Um, at least the Pac 12 is 12. They, they went with the trend of calling the conference, what it should be. Uh, so this w- conference is different. There's no divisions. It's just the best two teams at the end of the year square off in, in Dallas at, at AT&T Stadium. Last year it was Oklahoma and Texas. Do you think those two teams are going to be uh, matching up again in, in the Big 12 championship
1: game? Yeah, I think that's probably most likely. Um, okay. Uh, and then I'd say I think Oklahoma is going to win that one.
0: Um, okay. Who? So when they play each other... Uh, at the Red River Rivalry and the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, who who do you think's winning when they play each other? Uh, you know, mid-season. Um, Last year, Texas upset them, in, in which the ESPN announcer famously was like, "Texas is back." Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you remember that game <laughs> or Fox Sports. Whoever whoever was announcing, he uh, um, might have been might have been Gus Johnson, that uh, guy in yeah, Fox yeah. Sports who like screams whenever something exciting is happening. Yeah.
1: Um, um, I think I think Oklahoma's got them there. I've never had okay. like a ton of faith in Texas, just because for some reason Maryland seems to beat them every year. Yeah, I remember <laughs> they played
0: each other last year at FedEx Field in in Landover, where the Redskins play. Yeah. and uh, that was like a really. I remember that fourth quarter being like really tight, um, and yeah, I, that was that was a crazy game. I, I remember uh, Maryland defense. In that game, Maryland defense really stepped it up at the end. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, Texas, you know, yeah. I want to say that they're back in the national championship picture. But until I – and I mean, I think last year's win over Georgia, I think kind of for in a lot of people's minds validated that. But I really want to see how they play coming out of the gate. And week two, they play LSU um, at, at a neutral site game, I believe, in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, which would make sense given where those teams are, are located. Um, what um, so weren't they getting
1: upset hard. last year over like the horns down symbol or something? Yeah, what was and that? I
0: think like the big, <laughs> I think the Big Twelve is now. I th- there were like teams whenever they would score a touchdown on yeah. Texas, and they like you know they were trying to mock the opponents. Yeah, yeah. They would like make the horns sign, but they would go down with it. <laughs> and now I guess the Big Twelve has come out and said like if people do that, they're going to like throw a penalty. Yeah. You know, I think they're saying if you make gestures that are in, you know, intended at ins- to incite people or or are offensive to a, a specific team, then you can't do that, but um we have yet to see it be enforced. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll take a look. And then who's your sleeper team out of the Big 12 this year?
1: Um so even though we talked about Kansas, I don't think it's going to be Kansas. <laughs> um
0: Oh man, really? <laughs> I, I was I was really thinking Les Miles is going to get things yeah. together year one. I think I'm going to go not. with
1: uh, with Baylor. Um,
0: okay, Matt Rule is their head coach. Yeah, they won a bowl game last year. Yeah,
1: so they went. I was looking it up. They went from one win in 2017 to seven wins last year. So yep. yep. If you keep that trend going, they'll have 13 wins this year.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> if if uh, you know progression yeah. uh, progression works or yeah in the sense of of doubling yeah. you know on top of that so we'll see yeah we'll see they did uh they did actually have a pretty decent recruiting class they were ranked 33rd uh amongst rivals.com now granted oklahoma and texas were five and four respectively so uh but you know baylor was right there in the mix uh for them being a team that has kind of been out of the picture ever since art briles left so mm-hmm. um that's a, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good sleeper team to pick. All right, now we'll move into the Pac-12. Uh, my joke with the Pac-12 is they are the forgotten about Power Five conference. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, they haven't done largely too great largely because recently. their
0: games are played so late at night. And you know, if you want to step and watch a Pac-12 game, you got to
1: stay up till two a.m. Yeah. here on the East Coast. I saw they were uh, talking about like nine a.m. games this year.
0: Yeah, they they decided against that. Yeah. Although I don't think that would have been the worst thing. I just think it would stink for the team that's traveling to... Like, if you are, you know... I, I'm just thinking, like, the teams that are, like, located so far north, like Washington, or so far south, like Arizona, and you have to travel, you know, several hundred miles and then get there and then wake up and play in the morning. Like, that, that would kind of stink. Um, although I guess it would be what it would be... 9 a.m. their time, noon our time. But, I mean, I think that's, that's probably a good idea they held off against that. I, I don't think that that... Even if they did that, I don't think that would help change the perception because I think the perception from those of us here in the East Coast or east of the Rockies, I guess, is is where really the div- the dividing line is there with the Pac-12. Um, the, the perception is they get their opportunities to play big-name teams, and then they just never seem to to win like i remember last last year the big game was auburn washington and then auburn ended up winning this year auburn's playing oregon so the pac-12 is getting their their chance again uh but of the five years of the college football playoff they've only qualified two of the years uh and one of them wasn't very memorable because washington got clobbered by Obama. the other one oregon made it to the to the national championship game. And then Oregon's never been the same since, although they're kind of back on the rise again. Yep. Um, so who, who do you have winning the PAC 12 North and the PAC 12 South?
1: Uh, so for the North uh, going with Oregon, like you said, they're kind of on the rise again. Um, okay,
0: That's a bold choice given their schedule. I was, I was looking it up earlier. Yeah. They have to go on the, on the road against Stanford, on the road against Washington and also on the road against USC. And I think they play Arizona State on the road like late in the year. Yeah. Uh, on top of the fact they've got this game against Auburn, so uh, the schedule is against them. But they did return the number seven recruiting class, and they and Justin Herbert decided yeah. to come back. So I think that'll be a uh, yeah. That'll I be think a, he's, uh, a, a
1: key asset. He's being like projected the number one overall pick for he is next year, which is crazy because I would. Th- I mean, I mean he's like six, six college, or something. So
0: yeah, as a college football fan, you know I would think it'd be Tua but yeah. I think from an NFL standpoint, Justin Herbert has he, the size yeah, he's got that like, the NFL is looking yeah. for.
1: I feel like Whereas the NFL kind of um, overvalues size a little bit, but yeah, like
0: Josh Allen yeah. or, I just, or Daniel every year. <laughs> every year when the NFL draft, you know, yeah. you know, NFL network has all the things I just la- like, I laugh because they use the exact same terminology every year to describe these people like, Oh, so-and-so is a big arm. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? Yeah. Like, anybody can any of these guys can throw the ball 70 yards down the field like they use that whole big arm thing with jamarcus russell and we all know (laughs) how we all know how that turned out they were they were using it a lot when when josh allen was coming out of wyoming uh they didn't really use it much with the quarterbacks last year because and honestly if justin herbert had gone in the draft last year he probably would have been first although cliff kingsbury really really wanted kyler murray so maybe not maybe not but Justin Herbert probably would have been the first or second quarterback taken in the NFL draft last year, so. Um, but, all right, so who do you have winning the Pac-12 South?
1: Uh, I've got Utah winning that one. Okay. Okay, um. so they're going
0: to win the South again, or will repeat as champs. Yep.
1: I heard that Kyle Whittingham, their head
0: coach, recently said that the defensive line at Utah is the best that it's ever been since he's been a coach. So I'm curious to see how Utah is going to be? I don't know if they'll be able to put up a lot of points, but I think their defense will be pretty good. Yeah. So, uh,
1: and then and then I think Oregon is going to beat them in the in the championship. So,
0: okay. And who's your sleeper in the,
1: um, the Pac-12? I'll say UCLA just because. Um, Ooh, Chip Kelly. Yeah, just because he's had success in college in okay. the past, and uh,
0: okay, and their recruiting class was better this, this yeah, past year. So, um, okay. Chip Kelly and UCLA. I mean, <laughs> I think you're right to say that they'll be better.
1: Yeah. I, don't think I mean, they can't really win the can't be much worse.
0: <laughs> yeah. They were three and nine last year. <laughs> I think they started the year. Like I, I'm pretty sure they like lost their entire like non-conference schedule and I don't even remember who they played, but yeah, I think going in, I think in September they were like, 0 and three or 0 and four. So mm-hmm. uh, you're right. Can't be much worse. All right. And then we'll end with the sec, the one that, you know, so many people listening to this podcast are probably, you know, their mouths are watering whenever they want to <laughs> talk about the SEC. That's that's the joke as a, as a Big Ten fan that we have against the SEC. Uh, so who do you have winning the SEC East and the SEC West?
1: Uh, so I've got Georgia winning the East and then Alabama winning the West.
0: Okay, so ma- same matchup as last year. Yep. Those two teams do not play each other during the regular season. I, as a college football player, As a college football fan, I'd love to see it, but uh, obviously, you know, this will be part three of the Alabama Georgia series. (laughs) Uh, And it could also be part four of the Alabama Clemson series, but we'll, you know, we'll get into your prediction in a second. Um, I feel like looking at
1: the East, I mean, maybe Tennessee and maybe Florida, uh, but I think Georgia's.
0: After seeing yeah. Florida play last uh, yeah. Saturday night, I don't... I mean, it's hard to judge. College football is hard to judge from the get-go because they don't really get a preseason. Yeah, yeah. Like, in terms of... Ha- they don't play, like, preseason games, and they get, like, one spring ball game, which, I mean, I have never... I, like, I've never gone to a spring ball <laughs> football game. Yeah. Or, slash, I've also watched maybe a total like four or five of different schools like it's just not something like i wake up to in april and i'm like oh i can't wait to watch the blue and white (laughs) game for penn state like that's just it's just you know it's different yeah Uh, whereas you know preseason i will watch some nfl preseason because i'm curious to see like what players that have been drafted are improving or you know who's gonna get cut like especially when they get close to the 53 man roster release um but they don't get a preseason they get one spring ball game so it's like okay week one's here let's go like it's really hard to like i think judge a team in the first month of the season and then when october picks up i think you really you really know who, who some of these teams are mm. um so who's your sleep so you said your sleeper you're like you're thinking could be tennessee could be florida or is there another team that's a sleeper for you? um
1: yeah i mean i think florida potentially i mean i don't know if you count auburn as a sleeper but uh
0: yeah i mean they are pretty good yeah. but they, auburn was eight and five last year so i think by most people's standards they didn't live up to expectations they did clobber purdue in the music city bowl though so yeah i mean i ended think on a high note
1: i think the uh auburn versus oregon game uh is going to be a big one
0: um, oh yeah definitely definitely so uh, that'll be a, a great matchup because Auburn I think by a lot of people's standards has one of the best defensive lines mm-hmm. in college football and Oregon has returned all five of their offensive line starters so the battle in the trenches when Oregon's on offense and Auburn's on defense I think will be the key to the game you know can Auburn get after Justin Herbert and Auburn I think is starting a true freshman quarterback so yeah will uh which it was crazy I, I was reading so you and I, we were seniors in high school in Cam Newton, or as Harvey Updike would call him, Scam Newton, <laughs> um, won the national championship game against Oregon, and the soon-to-be starting quarterback for Auburn was 10 years old when that game was played, and he went to the game and uh, was wearing a Cam Newton jersey. So uh, it's crazy like you know, how much time has gone by since that. I mean, that was yeah. like a classic national championship game. I feel like a lot of people forget about it because it wasn't a really big offensive performance like i think a lot of people were expecting Mm -hmm. um i think the final score that game was like 22 to 19 um but you know there there were some like memorable moments that i had and it was like the first time that i can remember like a major like pac 12 versus sec game Uh, because whenever usc was winning their national championships they didn't go up against um like an sec team they were playing like oklahoma and texas so Uh, And then there was the year USC won the national championship, but they, you know, won it from the polling. Like Mm -hmm. LSU was like the BCS champion, but then USC was the AP poll champion. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that year. It was, it was a weird college football has come a long way (laughs) uh, since those, since the, the poll era. Um, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but I think it's better than what, than what it's been. I don't know if there's ever going to be a perfect system. Um, so with, all those predictions, we're now going to jump into the two-minute drill. All right, so we're back now. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to ask you to give me so you, your, your conference champions. If I actually, who was your conference champion for the SEC? I forgot to ask.
1: Uh, I feel like it asked be Alabama.
0: <laughs> okay, so your conference champions, as you mentioned in order, was Clemson out of the ACC, Michigan out of the Big Ten. Uh, you had Oklahoma out of the Big Twelve, Oregon out of the Pac Twelve, and Alabama out of the SEC. So do you think four out of those five teams are going to be in the college football playoff? Or do you think like a team that didn't win the, didn't win a conference could get in, like has happened a couple of times, like Ohio state in 2016 and uh, Alabama in 2017. And then I guess you could also throw in Notre Dame from last year. Cause they're not even yeah. in a conference. That's I mean, that's a whole yeah. discussion from their day, yeah, no, but
1: I feel like Notre Dame potentially could get in. Cause they, they have a pretty tough schedule. I think they're at, um at Georgia and at Michigan. Um yeah, that's tough. Uh so and I think they're also at Stanford as well. Um Yeah, yes. They they got a they got a
0: tougher schedule than they did last year. If if those teams perform to yeah. the capability that I think a lot of people expect them to.
1: Um but yeah, I feel like if they beat if they beat one out of Georgia and Michigan and then that's the other one's their only loss on the year. I feel like they might get in.
0: So you I think an eleven and one Notre Dame team could get into the college football playoff? Even uh potentially. Because last year they went on. Last year they went. I guess because of their their schedule is harder than it was last year. Yeah. Like last year's schedule, on paper at the beginning of the year, looked like it was hard. Like yeah. every Notre Dame <laughs> schedule looks, but. Then when the the you know yeah. then when the games were played it was like oh like USC isn't what they used to be and I mean I guess Northwestern was better than expected but you know they beat Northwestern they beat Syracuse um and and, and teams like that so uh okay so so just give me the teams in in seeds so like one through four who are your four teams in the college football playoff
1: um I'd probably say. Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma and Oregon.
0: Okay, so you said just make sure I heard you. Just to make sure I heard you right, you said Clemson, Alabama, Georgia and Oregon? Oklahoma or and Oregon. Oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma and Oregon. Yep. Oh, okay. So I'm just looking up what the bowl games are this like what the games would be. I think it's the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. Um, so you have Alabama as your number one, uh, Clemson. Clemson. Okay. So Clemson would play in the peach bowl because they would get geographic pre pre precedence over, um, or preference over Alabama. So it would be Clemson versus Oregon in the peach bowl and Alabama versus Oklahoma in the fiesta bowl. Who are your, who are your champions out of those two bowl games?
1: Uh, I f- feel like it's going to be a repeat again and, uh, Clebs- oh, boy. Clemson versus Alabama.
0: So. so you think we're going to get a part four? Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously part two was not the national championship. That was um, that year. I believe that was the sugar bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a semifinal national semifinal. Um, so, and then Clemson versus Alabama. Do you want to give us who you think is going to win part four <laughs> of the series? Or are you going to hold off until uh, later in the year for
1: that one? Um, uh, I'm going to say clemson for now but um okay that could change as the year goes along
0: absolutely and uh in the last four years i I was doing some research clemson and alabama have the exact same record from their last four years they've both been 55 and four Mm -hmm. they're two and two and two in head-to-head matchups against each other and uh of the last four years both teams have won two national championships so by all intents and purposes, those two teams have dominated college football the last four seasons, and uh, they, it may be for a fifth year. But we'll just have to wait and see. They obviously yeah. have, you know, high recruiting rankings. Uh, I would say their schedules are are pretty,
1: yeah, pretty manageable. I mean, pretty, pretty I feel favorable. like with Clemson, uh, their out of conference schedule doesn't look very tough. I mean, they have Texas A&M, which is probably the toughest. Right, um,
0: and I think Texas A&M this year will be better than last yeah. year. And they gave him a little bit of a scare, although that was on the road for Clemson. And
1: Clemson in conference isn't too tough either, so. Um, no. Yeah, I
0: feel – And then Alabama's – They would uh, be I, – I I'm going to cringe whenever I see that, uh, <laughs> you know, that second-to-last regular season game in the SEC because they do it every, they do it every yeah. year in the SEC, and I always just want to, like – ask why like why do they schedule like an fcs team or a (laughs) i mean it's all it's also because they want them to like play really really well in the last game of the season um but like i mean when you got when you're playing like the citadel the week before (laughs) you play auburn it's like like it's it's so clear what they are trying to do and i mean this is my big 10 bias coming in here i'm looking yeah okay so i just looked it up you ready alabama plays (laughs) well it's wcu probably western carolina western carolina university i'm pretty sure that's an fcs team yeah i I would i would be willing to say and then the other non-conference games they open the season against duke then they play new mexico state week two and then their week four matchup is southern miss so i mean duke duke's been pretty good but yeah you know as i said that western carolina (laughs) university the (laughs) week before they play auburn it's like come on like yeah, I, 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 and I mean Nick Saban is, is has been very vocal about like I want, I want the Power Five teams only play Power Five teams, and yeah. I think if college football got to that point, that would be fantastic for the game, fantastic for the fans. I, th- I think it would be really good, just for the game in general, and give everybody you know th- the same playing level playing field when it comes to their their teams. Because the issue with college football is it's imperfectly perfect. Like you have, you know. Awesome rivalry games and teams playing the same teams they've played for years and years and years. But it's really hard to compare one team's schedule against another when you got Western Carolina and then you know you got you know you know LSU is playing Texas week two. Yeah. Like Clemson's playing Texas A and M week two. Like those are the games that I think people really want to tune in. They don't want to watch. Like I have Clemson's on conference. Obviously, you got Texas A and M. You've also got Charlotte. <laughs> and Wofford, Wofford. <laughs> oh, and then they always end the year South against South K- Carolina, yeah. so you know that that tends to be a good game. But <laughs> I'd love to see it be Power Five play Power Five. I've I've been, our prop- oh, and and get this: so Clemson doesn't play a FCS team before they play South Carolina, but they do get a buy before they play South Carolina. So <laughs> all, all the more reason to say the AC. It's no wonder the ACC and SEC are always turning out in the in the playoff because they're they've built their schedule to <laughs> favor getting in but hey that's just how the game's played and yeah um it'll be an exciting year but uh andrew thanks once again for calling in on the show yeah and, thanks uh, for having me uh, we'll definitely uh we'll definitely get you in uh you know sometime during the regular season yeah i'm uh, also we'll looking doing,
1: forward I, to that uh, xfl podcast oh yeah Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely
0: break out an episode right around the uh, NFL draft. Yeah, we'll yeah. do an XFL special in in April or May. So don't worry, the DC Defenders will be uh, we'll, we'll be the only DC Defenders podcast out there. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Thanks again for calling in. I yeah. hope you have a great rest of your of your evening. Thanks
1: you too.